Hey folks, this is episode 67 of the Becoming Human podcast. In this episode, I sit down with three jujitsu players. Cindy Hale, Anthony Cropero, and Alfred Bo Murillo. Cindy is considered one of the Dirty Dozen. She's one of 12 of the first women outside of Brazil to earn her black belt in the whole world. That's an incredible feat. I admire Cindy for her dedication to her passion and her voracious appetite for growth and training and just doing jujitsu, putting all the things that she knows to be comfortable behind her and what she loves in front of her without any ifs, ands, or buts standing in her way. We all have resistance, but overcoming that resistance for the love of something, now that I admire. Anthony Cropero is a former mixed martial artist who currently competes in no-gi and gi competitions throughout the world. Anthony has a very interesting past. In Anthony's youth, he struggled with substances, but through a cascade of choices, he worked on sorting himself out. And the man that I met and that I know today, I admire him. Listening to his story in this episode was really inspirational for me because I've been through a lot of the things that Anthony has been through. And sometimes in the hardest moments, I look to people like Anthony to tell myself to keep walking. To keep pursuing the things that I love. Regardless of any compulsions. Alfred Bo Murillo is an entrepreneur, a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, and a chef. Alfred's also my training partner and he, at Livewire MMA, and he teaches kids class. I've watched him toy away at his obsession with jiu-jitsu and teaching people. And it's changed so much over time. But being close to somebody who's hungry like Alfred has really pushed me to identify those traits in myself and push myself further. And it's having friends like Cindy, Anthony, and Alfred, surrounding myself with those people on a day-in and day-out basis, whether that be in interviews, training, competing against each other, it has dramatically changed my life in very gradual ways. If you guys want to learn more about Cindy, Alfred, or Anthony, I will put their links to their social media in the show notes. Um, you can go check out Cindy Hale at Gracie Baja in Kirkland, Washington. If you'd like to support the show, you can go and rate and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you happen to find podcasts. You can share it with a friend. Um, you can also pick up one of our flat bills on the website, becomingHumanPodcast.com, and I'll be releasing some more goodies here in September. Woo! It's getting post-apocalyptic out there. I was out running in the mountains, and all I saw was about 400 feet in front of me. It was wild. I came back, washed my hair, and it smelled like campfire. Without any further ado, I bring you Cindy Hale, Anthony Cropero, and Alfred Bomarillo. Enjoy. Are part of the Dirty Dozen, which is the um, first 12 women who received um, a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in the United States. True. And yes, I am. <laughs> it's in the world. It's in the, Outs in the outside world. Outside of Brazil. Really? Everyone outside of Brazil. Wow. Yeah. And so, what got you into Jiu-Jitsu? Um, well, what got me into Jiu-Jitsu is, well, at the very beginning, I saw Hoist Gracie on the UFC. 
you know, I had a, I had a roommate and he like brought those videotapes home <laughs> and he was like, you got to see this crazy shit. <laughs> and then I was like, what, what is that? You know, I was not into fighting or martial arts or any of that. Just my friend Dan Stone was like, look at this crazy shit. And I saw it and I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, I didn't understand it. And then like, you know, I didn't think of it anymore. And then like six years later, I was uh, walking to a bus stop to go to work mm-hmm. and I saw a jiu-jitsu school oh. and I was like, that's that fucking crazy shit. <laughs> and then I like joined. I was just like, I'm going to go in there and join because that's where you can learn that stuff that mm-hmm. I saw six years ago. Were you doing athletics at any point in time before that? Um, well, I did athletics as a kid. I like did like, you know, regular like 70s, 80s era kid sports, mm-hmm. like soccer. Mm. Yeah. Soccer, <laughs> girl sports, yeah. soccer, basketball, softball. Um, then when I was in maybe like a, mm, 12, I got into playing racquetball, so I like played competitive racquetball. I've always wanted to do that. That's the one where you're in the room, right? You're in the and room. It, oh. A little blue ball. <laughs> so I played racquetball, and I was like a nationally ranked kid racquetball so, person. So you were you were really good in that sense. I was really good at that. Wow. Yeah. Have you been really good at um, all the athletic endeavors before yeah. jiu-jitsu? I was that kid. Wow. I was really good at all those things, and then I played racquetball. Like I was like really good at racquetball, traveled around, played racquetball. And I didn't like it because mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, I don't really like this. I want to be like <laughs> hanging out with my friends. And you know, it seemed a little stuffy, Have quite you, honestly. W- w- did you feel that the whole time when you were playing racquetball and you just played anyway? Or did that happen later on? It happened later on. Mm-hmm. You know, I started, I, well, I started playing racquetball because we moved to a whole bunch of towns that were like little towns. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't like Ooh. anything for me to do. You know, I was like in sixth grade, yeah. fifth or sixth grade. And I moved, like, maybe every six months. Whoa, for, like, military or? No, my dad just, uh, he had some problems. Yeah. So we just moved around, and mm-hmm. so it was hard for me to make friends. I know how that is. I moved from uh, Northern California to a town of 300 in Idaho because my mom, yeah. Yeah, I lived in Nebraska, and then I moved to basically the town where Walmart is from. My oh, my gosh. I work for Walmart, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I don't know about saying ma'am. I don't know what the fuck this thing is. screaming at me. And so there was just this, like, dumpy racquetball club, and I just stood in the room and hit the ball by myself yeah. and that's then I just got good at it and then mm-hmm. I hated it after a while mm-hmm. and I blew out my knee so I blew out my knee when I was 13 Ooh. and then um I was able to stop playing racquetball and just became a punk rock kid oh that's wait punk rock yeah I just oh. I veered to like go to shows and hang out wow so were you a very rebellious kid at that time as well a or little bit of a rebellious kid. I was you... the youngest kid, so I was more, I feel like I was like the kid that they didn't want to parent. Yeah, I, like, I was the same way. kind of old, we got other shit going on, you just do your thing, mm-hmm. and as long as, you know, nothing terrible happens, you're good to go. <laughs> Almost like a latchkey kid in that way. Kind of, yes. Kind of, yeah. Do you think there's a lot of benefit to, uh, to that scenario, and having that amount of freedom as a kid? I do think there was a lot of benefit. I got to, well, I was like, you know, had to play racquetball and fend for myself there, and then mm-hmm. I got to like hang out with like kids and mm-hmm. learn about music and learn about like life mm-hmm. and like the world and how everyone's world wasn't like my world, mm-hmm. you know? And then it opened up a lot of opportunities for me and I got to like go on tour with some bands and like hang out. What? And when I like moved out, out of high school, it was the era of like, I went to Evergreen in mm-hmm. Olympia and it was like in the early nineties during like Riot Girl and oh, yeah. K Rock Stars and K Records. So I was around all of that. So oh. I was just like 
you know, hanging out with all my like punk rock idols. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was really good for me. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. And when you uh, started doing jujitsu, when you saw that jujitsu school, were you immediately obsessed or yeah. were you just dabbling? Oh, really? No, 100% obsessed. <laughs> oh, that's, in that's like, incredible. Like I, I saw it, I went in, I started at Marcelo Alonso school mm -hmm. in Tacoma. And you know, he was like, totally did the like, uh, like let me win and like sold it and like made me feel comfortable and then I would he would like take me around and let me go to like different things and mm -hmm. I just I literally like from the day I went in I went in every single day Whoa. I quit my job after like one year and I was just like I'm just gonna what? learn how to do jiu-jitsu and be a world champion you you quit your job with the primary focus on jiu-jitsu yeah. That's crazy. Did you do that having some type of uh, financial uh, independence, or no. were you just figuring it out? No. I Well, I had a job. I was a, the person you call. Like, I worked in the department where you call and complain for Starbucks. Oh. Their customer relations. So I managed yeah. that department, mm -hmm. and I didn't really like that job. And mm -hmm. I had, like, gone on an FMLA leave because I was just like, I don't want to fucking do this. I'm going crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, I found jujitsu, And I was like, if I'm still crazy in like one year at this, I'm going to quit. Mm. And so I stayed for one year mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, don't just quit at first, you know, quit, like stick out for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I waited for one year and then I was like, no, I fucking hate this. <laughs> I'm going to go become a jujitsu world champion. Mm -hmm. And so I quit my job and everyone thought I was insane. I didn't have any money. I ended up like working for manpower and like, <laughs> you know, like five dollars. I had like a well-paying corporate job and then I was like no I'm not gonna do that I'll go crazy uh, probably kill someone if I stay at that job so I'm gonna just go do jiu-jitsu if someone if someone who is young came yeah. up to you with that same dilemma what would you advise them today <laughs> uh, uh, well it depends on who it was you know some people I would be like I don't know a lot of people I'm like I don't know I don't think you should do that yeah I don't I don't advise it, but I don't think I didn't need anyone to advise me one way or another. I was just like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I had this thing where when I was a kid, people would tell me, uh, if you want to be a writer, right, yeah. or any other endeavor like that, uh, good luck, because you're not going to make very much money. I thought that meant that's a bad thing to do. I didn't realize it was that if you were so determined you're going to do this, knowing that there is a risk that, you know, you have to fend for yourself, you're not yeah. going to live lavishly, if you're just doing it for the pure love of it, regardless yeah. of the consequences, you should do it. I believe that. Yeah, you yeah. should do it. I just don't like to give advice. Yeah, I'm, I, like, I, I'm like, I don't want to hold you to like come back ten years later and tell me I fucked you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? It's like I make the bad choices on my own. Mm -hmm. so. I, I, I can agree with that because even as a single dad, I probably make a, a certain time decisions that some people question because I'd have an opportunity like to I was making twenty something dollars an hour. Yeah. Uh, but I was working eight, nine, ten hours a day. Well, I'd rather actually work six hours a day and focus on my kids' book, my podcast, and you know, totally. doing jujitsu and stuff. Yeah, that was what yeah. I always thought you were crazy for is that you would leave jujitsu at like at like eight o'clock mm -hmm. or eight thirty, go home, put Joey to sleep, and then you go running until like eleven. Mm -hmm. yeah, I never understood that, and then try to be up by six the next day. Yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> it was a mess of a schedule, but I was. Um, with work, right? I would go. I was uh, in the minting industry, restaurant industry, hospital industry, um, and then auto glass. Dude, I, I, I don't. It would be so hard to get through a shift. And yeah. I used to think I was really lazy. Um, however, when it came to doing like jujitsu or running, podcasting, even time with my son, yeah. uh, no. 
I, I'm not. I work really, really hard. But the the part for me is I just have to really care about it. And sometimes that bites me in the butt. But when it comes to my passions, I mean, it, yeah. it's helpful. And I even yeah. look at someone like you, and I really admire like how voracious you are in, in when you approach something. Yeah. Like, yeah. A little obsessive. Yeah, I think exactly. It's good. I, know, I, I do too. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, oh, they're being crazy. But it's like, ah, oh, no. So where I'm going to go anyway. Mm-hmm. And so you, so after that first year, you quit your job. Yep. And f- from there, were you just focusing on um, competing at tournaments? And yeah, like, well, it you like? know, it was like in like 2002, 2001. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a lot of tournaments that like, well, and I didn't, uh, there may have been a lot of tournaments, yeah. maybe like other places. I also didn't have any money to go to those tournaments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was mainly just focused on training. Mm. I was just like, I just trained. I would go to some tournaments. I won a few tournaments. Mm-hmm. Won like Pan Am's as a purple black division mm-hmm. as a purple belt. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Abu Dhabi one year when it was like what I would call real Abu Dhabi before it became the fake Abu Dhabi. Wait, explain this. Why is it now? Why would you now consider it the fake? Well, Abu they have Dhabi? Abu Dhabi Pro now, which is what I would think of as the real. Abu oh, Dhabi, okay. But then they had like ADCC. Uh huh. You know the early day ADCC, mm. and then ADCC kind of became this like tournament. Uh, Not the invite one. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so I went when I think it was like more of the still the like invite one. Mm-hmm. Not the one that you just registered for. Yeah, it has some exclusivity to yeah, it. For yeah, for a while they had like this ADCC that you just registered for. Hmm. It's just like a regular tournament. Yeah. It's like, no, that's, that's not ADCC. Yeah. Yeah. So ADCC is the one that they invite you places. Mm-hmm. Except when I went, they invited, we, I had to go to Trenton, New Jersey, mm. which was bullshit. Oh, <laughs> you know, because yeah. like, it was, <laughs> <laughs> but it was in Rio the year before, uh-huh. and then the year after, it yeah, was like in Trenton. Tokyo. <laughs> and the year I went, it was in fucking Trenton. <laughs> 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 that's it. No, it was, it, 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 it was, it was, it was crappy. Yeah. I, I lived in Tacoma, yeah. so I'm not like a judge yeah. of like, Injured, um, there's what do you do? Do you take time off or do you train around that injury? 
kind of depends on the injury, mm, okay. you know, how bad is the injury. Mm-hmm. But like I could say like almost I'd say for like the first 10 years of my jiu-jitsu career, almost 15, I think at least every two years I had a major surgery. Whoa. So it was like, you know, like right when I started getting really good competitively, mm-hmm. um, I had like a fusion in my neck. So I ruptured the disc in my neck. So mm-hmm. then I went a year off and then I got my black belt right then. And then I came back. You know, and then it's like, oh, shit, I'm not very good anymore. I need to, like, mm-hmm. scramble back to the top. Mm. Because over, if you take a year off, mm-hmm. you know, or hard training, it's you're back down. And mm-hmm. then it's, like, back up. And then I would be doing good again. And then I had, like, a car wreck where I, like, fractured my back. Ooh. And then I had to stop again. Mm-hmm. And then I had, like, some knee surgeries. And then oh, and- back. And, like, when I first opened this school, I came. And then I blew out my whole shoulder. So I had a full shoulder rebuild. Wow. And then, like whole year off mm-hmm. and then like but it like the year off is like oh i was still teaching and yeah so you're still being a part of the community still the gym because mm-hmm. my job mm-hmm. you know but so i think like all during those moments i'm like what are you doing why don't you have a real <laughs> job like, yeah. why are you so poor <laughs> so you know but then it's like well then i look at like sometimes i secretly go and look at jobs mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. And then I, like, pretend I'm going to get a job. (laughs) And then I'm like, no fucking way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I just, that's what I think I almost do is I think about and I, like, pretend and go through the motions of, like, becoming a, like, Mm -hmm. normal person. And then I'm like, that's (laughs) fucking funny. (laughs) And then I just veer off the other way. And then I just show back up at the gym. Wow. And when you come back to the gym, um, once you are recovered and you, you know, you get back on the mat uh, for rolling. Yeah. What's that look like? Like, do you come back with insight, or is it just getting back to your baseline? Um, um, well, I feel like every well, well, I can say I think looking at at it outside of not being hurt, mm-hmm. I think like every time I've gotten a major injury, I've like made a huge leap in my game because mm-hmm. I just like reinvent my whole mm-hmm. game. Yeah. So I changed my whole game. Mm-hmm. Like I, when I first started, I only was like a guard player, and then when I hurt my neck, it was just like never be in the guard again. You're never gonna go in the guard again. You're just gonna like smash people's heads so they don't have a chance to smash your head (laughs) so i just did that whole route and then changed again when i hurt my arm and you know so i just like make up moves based on like my injuries Mm -hmm. so yeah so i think i'm lucky because i have like many games because i have many injuries yes that's what i I try to tell myself um there was josh wazakin um he wrote a a book and it was like the art of learning and he trains over in new york he has a gym the marcelo garcia yeah yeah and he talked about uh breaking his arm Uh and he said it was one of the greatest gifts that he ever had because he couldn't use his left arm yeah and now he had to work his non-dominant side and then he avoided that left arm and he created strengths where there were weaknesses yeah and then when he was better he was able to use it and he was stronger for it because he had a new game that is so cool well you know that stupid little thing i was like oh this is my one move where i lay here and do this Mm -hmm. that's because i have a bad knee so now i have this whole system where i just lay there and do one move and no one can squish me it's like Oh, I'm just going to do my weird Bora Bora guard. <laughs> and it's, yeah, so I think it's great, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. And looking back on it as a beginner, um, what were some of the big mistakes that uh, you wish you could have avoided or you would have avoided if you would have went, if you were to start again? Like in hindsight. Yeah. In hindsight, what, like life mistakes, jujitsu mistakes? Uh, jujitsu mistakes and, and life mistakes going into a sport, just, you know, full bore. Well, that's a hard question. I think, like, um, 
I think looking back on it, you know, I, I mentioned I was like a punk rock kid. Mm -hmm. So I was a punk rock kid and I had a lot of ways I thought. And then I became like an adult and I thought like I needed to maybe think other ways. And then I got into this jujitsu that I think I hung out with like mm, maybe more hyper masculine people than I'd ever hung out with in my life before, <laughs> you know, because I was like a riot girl, punk mm -hmm. rocker. Um, and then I was kind of, I think I got very confused for a long time about like, oh, this is how you are if you're going to be a jiu-jitsu person, mm -hmm. right? Like, this is how you be. And I got like, you know, I was always competitive, but I was like, maybe like the punk rock version of competitive, mm. not the like asshole jock version of competitive. Mm -hmm. That's why I didn't like racquetball, you know, or like certain uh, things where I needed to be competitive in that traditional form. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, didn't do sports. And then I came back into jujitsu and was around a bunch of dudes and, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. I was kind of like, oh, maybe this is how I can be cool in this situation. And I think I got very confused in my own life for mm -hmm. a while. So I'll just say, I try and tell people like, oh, you know, when you go into gyms, you should make sure it's like a good fit. And mm -hmm. it's not like somewhere you're like sacrificing, like, how you are to like mm -hmm. think that that's how jujitsu is, mm -hmm. you know? Cause I think you can be like, I struggle with like, can you be a nice person and be like a tough person? You know, like I, because to me, I don't, I don't know if those things always matched. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I think it was like a mixed messages. I struggle with that a lot. Yeah. 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 It's good to know because I'm like, some people tell me like, Oh no, I never have a feeling. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess I shouldn't talk about how like, no, I've like mm -hmm. done things that like, Oh, that's probably not the best thing to do. Yeah. That's what <laughs> you know? I, I, and everyone else is like, Oh no, I don't have any ego and I just am helpful. And I'm like, you're a liar. Yeah. yeah. I've rolled with you and you're a fucking liar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I struggle with that. Mm -hmm. And so I just think the best thing I would have done is like, maybe not veered into like, oh, I have to be an asshole. I have mm -hmm. to like hang out with these people that I like 100% I'm like, don't want to be that kind of person. Mm, yeah. And then I had to be like, I'm not that fucking person. I'm going back over here. <laughs> oh yeah. I looked rebellious a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I'm going back over here. So mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, that's really comforting because I find myself even when it comes to like, uh, just the things that I go to more, you know, like doing like cross bases, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, and it comes to a question is, do I need to be tough? And then where does the toughness come from, like, uh, sincerity or, yeah. you know, from, uh, like, especially when I'm going with someone who I'm really close with. Yeah. Right? And it's like, I, I feel bad if I bruise him from doing, like, a really hard knee slice. But I have a really, really bad tendency to that. And, but at the same time, though, that's a good thing. if I bruise you, then that's also a good knee slice. So it's like, yeah. But I, my standard is usually, yeah, I try to go for more delicate with it, I suppose. It's hard because it's like it's a good thing and a bad thing. But it's like I think ultimately it's like you want to be a caring person. Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, it's like uh, jujitsu doesn't seem that way. But I think it can be. Yeah. I, I do I, think it can be. And I wonder if it would um, develop different strengths and weaknesses, though, because, I mean, if you do go, if you lend yourself to being more caring, right, then you're probably less likely to uh, do certain moves and more likely to do others. Yeah. And Yeah. Yeah. And how, so from doing jujitsu, um, you said there weren't many women who were training. Um, was it ever, did you ever feel ostracized as a woman coming into jujitsu or was it just a, just another person to roll? Um, well, I mean, I definitely in certain places felt like, yeah, you know, well, they would say like, yeah, girl shouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right on asshole. Mm -hmm. You know? And, but then I was just like, well, here I am. Yeah. And then I just stay here, you know? And. That was just like... It's almost where that punk rock mindset would come into... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's like, you know, I always, like, it was like, 
well, girls shouldn't be in bands. Girls shouldn't be doing all these things. And it's like, well, here I am mm-hmm. doing these fucking things. Yeah. Being better than you guys. It was like a weird thing where it's like, well, no, I'm actually pretty fucking successful. And you're telling me I'm not very good. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah. And I had like a lot of self, self-confidence issues mm. because of that. Mm-hmm. But I think like, you know, I don't want to act like I'm like great, but it's like, well, I'm not a yeah. terrible. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, you know, I think there are people that like are like that, but I think you know, doesn't really matter that much because mm-hmm. they're everywhere. Yeah, I think assholes are everywhere. Like, assholes are everywhere, and then you just kind of keep like you just keep showing up too. It's mm-hmm. like jujitsu. I think is one thing. Even if they don't like you, if you just show up, I think people like are like, oh, that fucking person just keeps yeah. showing up. Mm-hmm. I've had people that it's like, ah, oh, you don't really think about them that much. I had mm-hmm. one of my best friends when he first showed up in jujitsu. He, we were friends because he was a punk rock guy. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, you. I was at that show, but he literally, like, I remember watching him, like, when he came in, he was, like, super overweight, he, like, played WoW, you know, he was, like, a oh, yeah. call center guy, drank a bunch of Mountain Dew and smoked a lot, and we were, like, he's gonna fucking die. <laughs> I remember standing on the wall, me and Rodrigo were, like, should we tell that guy Jiu-Jitsu's not for him? Like, we were trying to be mean, like, he might literally have a heart attack. Yeah. And he was, like, I think he threw up, like, during the running. Mm-hmm. And we're, like, oh, shit. Oh shit, he might, he might die, you know, but then we, he just kept showing up and he was, he's a black belt now. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, he's a black belt and he just showed up and it was like, yeah, you just show up and mm-hmm. people, a lot of people, I think I liked him because we were, had something in common, but I think yeah. a lot of people were like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. But it's just like, he just showed up every day mm-hmm. and he became a black belt. Yeah. So I believe in that. That is really cool. Yeah. 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 I know a lot of people like that where you're like, that guy's not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And then they just show up every day mm-hmm. and are like tenacious in their weird way yeah and then you see super athletes it's like this guy could be amazing mm-hmm. and he just goes wrong just with yeah. yeah exactly that's the hard Flighty. part i think in the gym and especially like even with kids as well like you see that with kids it's like oh my gosh this kid's so good he's picking up on it yeah and then he'll like disappear for something like oh disappear for wrestling or disappear yeah. for football Soccer. yeah and then he'll come back and then and then like for a week or two and then he's gone Yep. And it's like, ah, oh, man, there's, like, so much potential there. I think that's the hardest part, especially with the kids that I've noticed is, like, teaching them, seeing these kids get better and better and better and better, and then they just, like, eventually, like, just, eh, yeah, they're off, and you never see them again. It's, I yeah. think it's, that's Can't get part. attached. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. But we all, I also see that with adults, too. It's like, uh, like you know, we're from an MMA gym. Like, I only do jiu-jitsu, but I see a lot of guys in jiu-jitsu who are fighters, and it's like, Man, you'd be so good at jujitsu as well, or or this or that, and it's like you see them in kickboxing, the class right before us, and it's like that guy could be a star, and, you know, from what I know. And then yeah. all of a sudden he just stops showing up, he's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like he gets one fight, shows up one day after that fight to get the praise, and then he's gone. Yeah. It's like breaks my heart. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a very wide spectrum of people who come to it, and I think that inner resilience is really something to attest to. And yeah. It's interesting. Um, so. As, as someone who teaches, um, how how do you approach, or or do you do anything different um, f- for women who come into the gym and men? Because I know there's some people in hindsight, right, and they're like uh, in other places outside of jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this the thing with women's rights and stuff like that. Yeah. And I always find it interesting is now you, you know, having a gym where you, where yeah. you instruct. How how do you handle that? Well, so I try and handle it. We don't have all girl classes here. Mm-hmm. We don't have, I don't do girls classes. Uh, you know, I support like, oh, there's different like girl things that I support, but I like try and tell people like, no, we have an adult class. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Call, I call it the adult class. <laughs> and you act like a civil adult <laughs> and don't be a creeper and we'll be good. Yeah, you know, it, it's like, you know, because I think there's like, again, I think there, I think it's a little shortcutting for um, people in general to think like, oh, it's only women who don't want like Neanderthal assholes and mm-hmm. like guys talking certain ways, you know, locker room talk or like mm-hmm. being, you know ultra misogynistic or all of these things it's like i don't think a lot of guys are comfortable with that no no and i think it gets totally confused like oh it's a girls class and a guys class it's like Mm -hmm. no there's and you can go to the asshole gym somewhere else where they talk like that and Mm -hmm. i'll tell you to go there or you can be in this room where it's a communal space and people are cool yeah exactly that's how i try and run it and i really admire that because i find myself in uh situations right where people would talk about uh like certain equality um and and i know that there's a lot of work that probably needs to be done in certain places i suppose uh however it's just if you're an asshole to anyone even a kid right like dude Get out, please. Get out. Or even yeah. if you're a girl, like or change your behavior. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about why you behave this way, and like let's work it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a people problem. Totally. Instead of going into identity politics and yeah. stuff. But I didn't want to assume that. I, I, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and I know a lot. You know, there's lots of gyms that do girls classes. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I think I could like benefit the most time just running regular adult classes, mm-hmm. and then I run kids classes. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's like you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those, and then. If you don't like the class, then just go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, just going to dive into the kids' class. Okay, so... My favorite topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, doing our research as well, we came across, you know, the fact that you are one of the, like, best kids coaches in the Pacific Northwest. I am also a kids coach yeah. as well, or I'm trying to be. I'm learning a lot about it, and I find a lot of struggle with that for a lot of different reasons. I have nieces and I have nephews. I have godchildren as well who I love to death. But um, teaching kids who are not related to me as well, seeing Mm -hmm. some of them being amazing and you know that they want to be there and then you see some parents who are using it just for daycare, drop their kid off, the kid Mm -hmm. clearly doesn't want to be there. How how do you handle it? How do you get to the level of teaching kids and how how do you uh, maintain that same level of like, how do I explain this? Like, how can you consistently be the same person you are every day in those kids' classes, even with the frustrating aspects of it as well? Well, well, one, I think it's like if you try and get rid of the frustrating aspects, then you'll drive yourself insane mm-hmm. because they'll always be there. Yeah. What I think about, here's how I look at like being a teacher. Um, you know, anyone can teach like one class or a week of classes and do a great job. But like, you know, in life, you show up, but every day is a great right? Like you wake up, not every day is great. So it's like, I think like the best thing I can do as a coach, you know, I come, I show up every day, I'm engaged and I try really hard. And some days are going to suck. Yeah. And some days are going to be good. Some days little kids are not going to listen. Some days adults aren't going to listen. Some days I'm not going to listen. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, then you just show up the next day. Right. And then you just show up the next day. So you just take it one day. Kind of like you were talking about when you have stability, people believe, I think that garners a lot of trust yeah do you know what i mean because like when it gets hard what do most people not want to do they don't want to show up yeah you know and then they're like they go, ah, it got hard i just like rather go like hang out with my friends uh, i want it's like no you just show the fuck up yeah and help people you know and it's yeah. like and it won't be good and i think people like are like understanding of that because it's like well you're not 100 percent every day and neither am i right and so we're just going to show up and get the fuck through it and make <laughs> it happen you know, and I think yeah. like kids appreciate that. I have like I have those little kids that are like, 
it's like obvious they don't want to be here. They want to be doing something else. Yeah. I usually just point blank. I'm like, dude, I get it that you don't want to be here and your mom brings you here. So here's what we can do. Right. I'm not going to be a jerk to you. I'm not going to yell at you. I don't even care if you like it, but we're going to get through this. Yeah. And work with me. Right, right. Don't make my job too hard and I'm not going to make your life too hard and we'll get through it because I've been dropped off at a lot of places I don't want to be either. Yeah. And someone yelling at me and telling me I was an asshole and ruining their job or whatever right, right. didn't help. Yeah. Right? If someone did that to me, I would make their job worse. <laughs> so I just try and be like, dude, let's get through this. I get it that you want to be at home like playing WoW or yeah. Fortnite, whatever. Get through the hour and I'm not going to ride your ass and we're going to be good. Yeah. Well, um, what, what do you do in the situations where those were, you know, a couple of the kids are becoming distractions to other kids? Because that's a, kind of an issue that I'm having at this point. Mm, if they, well, like in what way? Like they just don't listen? They're just they, like, they don't, or when it comes how to... How old are we talking about? Uh, let's see. Are we talking like six? Because that's their job. Yeah, yeah I was going to say six, <laughs> six and seven, that's, that's, my, that's my artist age right now. Yeah, but that's just what they do. Okay. That's just what they do, and like it'll never be like that yeah. all of them will be doing it. Just do the best you can. All right, cool, yeah. I used to worry about that too, and I'd be like, oh, the parents, I think I'm not doing my job. Things right. are going wrong. And then you like are like, I watch the pit. No offense to any of the parents, because I like all the parents, yeah. and it made me appreciate it's like... Uh, do you see what that looks like when those kids walk in with their parents? Does it look like wonderful? No. no it yeah. looks like regular life, right? Yeah, it looks exactly. Like the kids like forgot their pants and has food on their shirt, and the mom is like, oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you're just like, you're doing your best. All right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so I was going to ask you, you said you started that Marcelo Alonso. How yeah. did you transition, or what made you transition to Gracie Baja? Um, well, when I started at Marcelo Alonso, I was there. I got my blue belt from Marcelo. And then Marcelo left and went to Brazil, mm-hmm. and I had some problems. Once he, I was to, everything was good for me when Marcelo was there. He kind of like kept the order and the leadership in the gym. Yeah. But once he left, um, I actually had like an altercation where a guy like got really mad at me and like kind of pushing on me and t- calling me a bitch and telling oh. me I didn't belong at the school and fuck you. And so I was like, right. alrighty, I won't Bye. be here anymore. Yeah. So I called Marcelo and let him know, like, hey, I can't be in this school. You know, people are, like, not really respecting me, and you're not here. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I, like, had met Rodrigo once. Yeah. So I, like, well, initially I was just driving to Police Academy in Des Moines, and I was training at the Police Academy. Yeah. Um, which was strange, you know, but I had to, I would go to the Police Academy and just train there. And then I was driving, so I was living in Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Then I started just driving. I actually ran into Rodrigo at, like, a bar or something. Oh, yeah? And he was, someone was like, oh, we have a girl. And I was like, when is she going to be there? <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, she'll be there tomorrow. Well, so will I. So I went up, trained with her, and then just started training, you know, with Rodrigo and meeting those guys. Right, right. And then I started going to train at Rodrigo's, and I was also training at Ring Sports. Oh, yeah. I was boxing out of Ring Sports, and I was training out of Ring Sports, so I would do, like, drive, live in Tacoma, drive to... Ballard, drive back and work, then drive back to Bellevue, then back over to Ballard, then back, and then I'd work in the middle of the night, and I would do that, like, three-way hustle every day. Yeah. And so I did that, and then eventually I just moved up here. Okay. Yeah, and then I trained at Gracie Baja and got my black belt through them. Mm-hmm. I was still training at Ring Sports, because I did MMA. Yeah, that's what I was actually going to bring up next. So I was doing that, and then, you know, there was a short period of time where I left, um... You know, Baja, when it became Baja, mm-hmm. corporate Baja, right? different than when I started. I was, like, not, again, like, 
Cindy punk rocker bit. Like, mm -hmm. ah, I can't do that. That's too many rules and too much stuff they're telling me. I don't know. Yeah. So I left and started my own school, and it was like I was kind of all alone, you know? And I was just mainly running kids. And then I got hit by a seagull. I T-boned it. Well, I T-boned a seagull <laughs> that went out of control, and I fractured my back. Oh, like, okay. Two days after I opened my own gym. Right. And so then I was like, oh, shit. Bummer. <laughs> so I had to run my gym, and it was really hard, and, you know, dudes would come in and, like, want to, like, grapple me. And right. It was a fucking hot mess. And so yeah. then finally, Rodrigo called me one time and was like, we need instructors. Would you want to come back? And it was like, totally. Oh, awesome. Totally. I would love to come back. I was totally wrong. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I don't, I, I see the, the, the reason for, like, this structure. Yeah. Um, and a lot of, I always thought, like, I don't want to make people buy these geese because what if they don't have money? Right. That was my thought. Like, what if they don't have enough money? I don't have any money. Right. Everyone else doesn't have money. So, and I was like, you can buy these, like, $50 geese. And I was sourcing, and everyone's like, no, 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 I want the show your rolls. And they all had money. Right. I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. And, like, half my school was on scholarship, you know, and I was riding a bicycle, and everyone had stuff, and I didn't have anything. And I was like, wait a second. You guys aren't poor. Wait. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I was just, like, didn't have any business. I, I had, like, a very punk rock attitude towards business. Which, right. Like, if you make money, you're, like, the man. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't understand that at all. I was totally, like, an idiot. Like, could not concept it. And then, like... I was like, basically had no money. I was about, I was like, literally thought I was going to be homeless. I was like paying for everyone to train at my gym. I had no money. Yeah. I was like borrowing money to like pay my rent. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, okay, I can't do this. I'm going to have to go get another job and I'm going to live in my car. What the fuck am I doing? Yeah. And then my friend kind of put me and Rodrigo back in. He was like, yeah, you want to teach? And then I came and opened this school. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome that establishing a relationship and then even, I don't want to say, like, breaking the relationship, but, like, veering off onto your own path for a while, like, it still, it all brings you back connected. You all stay interconnected. Yeah, I was a baby bird that. that needed to jump out of the nest and crash land and then be like, oh, you're right. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Um, so, you said you did MMA. Like, yeah. um, what made you interested in that? Was that still that old school, those old school Hoist Gracie, like, tapes? Watching him fight, or was there... Oh, well, it was the old school, like, Terra LaRosa, Amanda Buckner, Megumi Fuji tape. Oh, okay. Like, Who the fuck are those girls? <laughs> yeah. You know, and there wasn't a lot of grappling. Right. Well, and then uh, the basic theme of my life is I never had a lot of money, because I was just doing random things. So there wasn't, like, a lot of jiu-jitsu tournaments, and you needed to pay to go to those jiu-jitsu tournaments. Right. But then I was like, oh, there's these other kind of things yeah. that they pay you. Yeah. So then I thought, like, maybe I could do that. Um... But I didn't really make any money doing that either. <laughs> um, there wasn't, like, a lot of money in that either at the time. Yeah. You know, girls weren't in the UFC. It was still, like, I did get to, the best thing I could say that happened for me is I got to fight Megumi. Yeah. Um, and I saw was she like, was 14-0 and 0 at that point as yeah. well. Yeah, and I think she and had was, more fights than that. And that was your second yeah. professional was my fight? Second fight. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, I was just like, oh yeah, I want her. I cut, I made this crazy weight cut, but I was just like, she's so fucking rad. Yeah. You know, and I was already kind of old, so I was just like, I don't want to like compete against these like crappy people. Right. I, like have like if so you're gonna many do fights. this, I'm, you know, and I was like chasing her, like I need to fight her. Yeah. I'm in love with the idea of fighting her, and then one of my friends was in Japan and just kind of like name dropped me. And yeah. got me in, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so yeah. that was, like, the greatest thing. I lost, and I was just, like, so happy. Yeah. Doesn't even matter. I didn't even care. Doesn't even matter, yeah. Care, whatever, it doesn't matter. 
Well, yeah, that, that's a that's really cool. I've looked into I've looked into potentially like uh, mixed martial arts as well. My eyes are way too bad though. I can't even yeah. wear contacts or anything. Yeah, so I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll stick with jujitsu though. I didn't but pass the, the eye exam. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, there's like a lot of exams that you need to go to yeah I know that yeah. I had to go to like I had this last one and they needed to do all these special things I was like Ugh. oh yeah. yeah no good yeah, yeah stick with yeah. jujitsu it's better yeah honestly I, I was gonna say after after seeing some of my buddies do it too and I was like yeah, yeah. you know I'm just gonna yeah. stick here stick, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's better I think yeah and, and it's awesome and uh I've noticed too that like you were saying about the rules of the Gracie Baja, and I've, from what I have heard, there are some schools that are super strict and some schools that are a little bit more relaxed. So was that like appealing to you when you were opening your own, uh, like your own gym as well, that you could kind of like lax on some of the rules and be strict, like yeah. be stricter on some of them? Well, uh, yeah, I think like uh, I, I try to follow a lot of the rules. Like mm -hmm. you know, I'm just not a very linear person. Oh, yeah. So it's, like, hard for me to follow most rules. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I, I, but, I, but I, like, try to be, like, I believe in the vision of it. So right. it's, those certain rules aren't hard for me to follow. But we, I can kind of say, like, when, I, when, when, we, when we were first introduced to some of the Baja, it was funny. Like, you were like, oh, you need to watch these videos. And then we would all watch these videos, and it was uh, Marcio Feitosa. And we're like, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch these videos and learn how to teach just like Feitosa. Mm -hmm. And I would just, like, basically mimic him. Yeah. And then people would be like, are you Brazilian? Like, no. They're like, why do you have an accent? I'm like, oh, it's these fucking <laughs> Right. You know, it's just the way I learned, like, I don't even, didn't even learn these moves this way. So right. then I was just like, they're like, watch these tapes. And I was like, okay, I just want to do a good job. So yeah. I'm going to do it exactly like this. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I'm not ESL. I, have, I got like kind of like, dude, I was an English major. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and then it was like, no, you don't need to like do it that hard. You know, yeah. you don't need to be a replica of the person. It's just like in general, Yeah. in general, you know, it's rules are what you make of them. Okay. So it's like, you know, some people you give them rules and they're a little neurotic and some people are like, they're guidelines. Anthony, what what made you go? Because you you've been into MMA for uh, quite a while now, but now you're focusing on grappling. Yeah. What made you uh, motivated to make that transition? Well, shit, dude. I haven't done MMA since January of 2014. Mm -hmm. I I quit everything. Mm -hmm. like, I didn't train at all. Why did you quit everything? I was in the military. Oh. So, like, I was one of those kids that we were talking about before. You know who's like. Proof pretty good at things but mm -hmm. it disappears yeah I'm that fucking dude you're like, that guy yeah 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 I'm trying not to be so that's why like consistency has never been like my friend mm -hmm. so I'm trying to make it my friend so that's why I'm here all like I'm pretty much here as much as all the time yeah yeah I'm here all the time and if not I'm training at my house I have mats at my house but like there's more longevity in jiu-jitsu mm -hmm. and like I kind of got thrown into MMA my mm -hmm. brother was fighting before Dana White even fucking bought the UFC oh wow like, you know that big bald uh, UFC referee you see Dan Margliata mm -hmm. yeah I used to train at that dude's gym oh, on the weekends I... with my brother oh. so like I kind of I, I kind of got like dragged into it because mm -hmm. when I was younger I was kind of like that kid like I used to get into fights, and I'd get my ass beat, and my brother was like, oh, you know, you're not going to be like that, so he'd bring me into, like, the PAL, the, box, the oh, police what? academy, like, similar yeah. to where yeah. he was at, and, but in Jersey, oh. and, you know, I would get tuned up, and then I would just go on the weekends, and it was like that for years, and then, you know, unfortunately, my brother passed, and I was like, fuck oh, it, I gotta, it's all right, I was like, you know, I gotta give it one shot, mm -hmm. I have to do this fighting thing, so I started taking, like, kickboxing fights, I wrestled, but, like, 
I wasn't a punk rock kid, but I was into like, you know, drugs. I was doing things I shouldn't yeah, have been doing, you know, was, yeah. hanging out in Jersey and, you know, mm-hmm. doing my thing. Well, was it hard for you to um, to focus on the MMA and stuff or, the, or at least learning the techniques at that time? Were you getting distracted by that or could you balance them pretty well? I caught on pretty quick, but like the problem was I trained at a gym. It was like all the local tough guys, you know, mm-hmm. and they got together and pretty much just beat the shit out of each other. And like I pretty much just like would get beat up or so it made me tough but it didn't teach me technique mm. so like i don't know like i was training and like this is kind of like if anyone knows the bass rooting tapes mm-hmm. or boss rooting yeah, yeah. yeah. 20 28 minutes like that was our workout we would do the bass rooting tape as a group and then after, yeah and then afterwards we would spar like, that's the kind of fucking like, you know but, and we had and but we did have some guys that really tried to hold it down you know mm-hmm. but and like um but for the most part, that's where I was training at. But when um, after everything happened with my brother, I went to a couple other gyms, and uh, I just didn't really like it. Um, you know, um, I feel like a lot of guys that claim to be like – I went to this gym. I don't want to name drop, mm-hmm. you know, but I went to this gym, and people that claim to be like Sifu and all that shit, mm-hmm. I feel like they don't like – it's just so yeah. corny. Like I couldn't even yeah. stay there. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, so like, <laughs> like I, 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 met, yeah. I, I met a guy named. Cra- no. uh, he, there's a Krang Gung Fu school, and yeah. it's all about how well you can be on one leg. Yeah, like but, you yeah, know, yeah. there might be people into that shit, but I'm not. Like I want to compete. Mm-hmm. I want to you know do something. So I got um, with Kurt Pellegrino. Mm-hmm. And if anyone doesn't know who Kurt Pellegrino is, he's a 12-time UFC veteran. Ooh. Marcelo Garcia, black belt. Like he's. Yeah. He's legit guy. Oh, he was competing. Wow. He actually got beat by Marcel at probably the ADC that maybe yeah. you were at. Like, he <laughs> yeah, was getting old school guy. yeah, old school guy. I got in with him. Uh, that was in 2010. I stayed with him for 2010 to 2013. I had some MMA fights. I got my blue belt from him in like six months or something. Mm-hmm. And then like he would force us to get in the gi. I hated the gi at the, this time. Oh, what would you hate about the gi? Is everything? Because yeah, yeah. when I was coming up, like jujitsu, at least you know like. Kind of like what Cindy was saying, like, it wasn't really popular. Mm-hmm. The only guys that were doing jiu-jitsu were, like, the Brazilians and, like, IBJJF. Or, yeah. And, like, I was, like, you know, w- there's no money in it. I'm paying 80 bucks to do a naga. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. 80 bucks to listen yeah. to the boss routine. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I was, like, I want to I fight. So I started, uh, I took some fights, and I won, you know, a couple MMA fights. I won some kickboxing fights. I won Grappler's Quest, Naga's all that, and uh, I was having trouble getting MMA fights. So Kurt's, like, you know, we got to do what we got to do. And I turned pro, and then I lost my pro debut, and that's when, like, I just, I went, like, a crazy. Mm-hmm. I joined the military. Like, I was on scholarship at Kurtz because I had no money. Mm, yeah. So, like, me and him, for a second, had, like, a little bit, you know, falling out. But he took me back in and trained me for the, to go to the military and do all that. Did you mili- train in the military? Uh, no, I played, like, on a like recreation soccer team and I did uh, CrossFit but I did <laughs> when you I were like the baddest guy because I know like those guys, I, I like, wish yeah, yeah but, no I wound up um, I, I wound up like when I first got there I was like you know f- like I took a year off from fighting I was like fuck this like I want to go back so I was training like with these locals out there and I just wanted to like get the respect and one of the guys broke his hand so they asked me to step in and fight some dude in Ooh. nine days. And they're like, oh, you know, he sucks. This kid didn't suck. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 So like, I threw like a bomb from left field and I wound up ca- catching him. And I, you know, we had a little scramble, but I gassed myself out and mm-hmm. he wound up choking me out. And I said after that, I was like, I'll never fight again. I'll never do anything. I threw all my gear away. Mm-hmm. I tried to just forget. I deleted all my pictures. Like I tried to just forget about it. Mm-hmm. And then I did like CrossFit. For two years, yeah. like, and I don't even fucking like CrossFit. What, you know? you start 
I I don't know. Like I just got like. Like you showed up here and we're just like I'm just gonna show up. Well, when I started I started getting ready to leave and I met this I was working as a personal trainer and I met this dude who they told me was a fighter one of the my coworkers so I just went up to him one day this local guy I was like his name is Cam and I was like yo you uh you had a kickboxing fight I was like I just want to hit pads mm-hmm. so we just would hit pads every day at work then he would come over and we'd you know mm-hmm. and then hit pads all day and like that's all we did and oh. I was like fuck like. I kind of want to do this again, and then and that's when uh, I started training again. But I did leave that one thing when I was back in Jersey. My wife got deployed because mm-hmm. she was in, in the military. She got deployed, so I actually went back to Jersey for ten months, and I took a pro tie fight. I fought in lion fight. Oh what? Which pretty oh, stoked. Wow. No but way. I, t- I took that on eighteen day notice too. Like I started getting what? a reputation like that. Oh, oh like God. yeah, he's yeah, he's, yeah. He's, <laughs> ga- he's game, you know. And I I didn't mm-hmm. want to be that dude. So I was like, I don't want to, you know, oh, just keep stacking up losses. And that's be just the, like be the, be the, guy the, who gets the fill in. And yeah. that was how you were like when you first started out in that one gym. Yeah, right? yeah. So then I came here, uh, um, and then I was like, you know, I was training with my buddies. I'm gonna get back into, you know, uh, MMA. And then I was going over to this guy JoJo's house in Hawaii too, and just like doing some wrestling and stuff. He was another, you know, good fighter. So when I came back here, one of the Hawaiians told me to link up with Belton, and I was over there, and you know, it served it. It's purpose, you know, I mm-hmm. got back into training and stuff, but I really started falling in love with jiu-jitsu after yeah. I lost to fucking Austin. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. He beat me in the tournament, and I was like, you know, like, I really got to, you know, being an athlete isn't going to get you shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't been doing jiu-jitsu. How can I even expect to win, you know? Mm-hmm. So then I just started, I came here, and then I really liked the vibe, and then mm-hmm. I've been pretty much training jiu-jitsu only for... I don't know. I've been here a lot. <laughs> wow. And so when we met you at so when we met you at Livewire, how long were you back training? Two months. Oh really? Not oh. even a month and a half. I remember. Yeah, because I remember you walking through the door and I was like, oh crap, his ears. Look at his ears. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was like a month and a half, and then like I said, I that that was like uh, my first tournament. Well, uh, Rev since March, I've had forty. Um, jiu-jitsu matches because I'm like keeping my own little you know yeah. record that's my goal for next year <laughs> yeah so I have 40 and then my goal I, w- I did want to get 100 but I don't think I'm going to hit it just at a late start and I just started competing in the gi mm-hmm. so um, that's going to be my goal for next year this year I want to win um, worlds and then maybe get one of one of those that's the real goal right yeah, you know that's sure. that's the real goal you know in time it doesn't have to happen anytime soon but yeah. that's what i'm going for maybe that's why i'm competing so much too right on. because i heard of guys like getting belted and yeah. you know really by competition so and i'm not in no rush i you know i'm not ready for a purple belt yet in the gi um i think no gi i i catch higher belt i've catch brown belts before you know i'm really yeah. and i'm also getting my stride here training right. with under sydney well, that's so. what i love too is it's almost like it's almost humbling like uh competing or coming to like cross training because you know sometimes in your gym you could be the baddest guy in the gym at, at a blue belt and then you go to another gym and you're rolling with another blue belt who's your same rank and he just smashes you out or you have a really good role with him and you're like i'm right where i need to be yeah. my first i was my first uh, competition i was a three-stripe white belt and i thought i was a blue belt I got rolled up by one by one guy. I got rolled up by him, and he was like a two-stripe white belt. And I was like, I'm right where I need to be. Uh, I don't have any. And, yeah. <laughs> I have no stripes. <laughs> I'm I was just like, okay, cool. I'm right where I need to be. And then, yeah, it, I 
competition, I think, is, or at least in my experience so far, it's like it's the that best way to do it. I just got to get rid of the nerves. I just like <laughs> to compete, too. It's not about, like, I do want the belt, obviously, just because you put that work. You know, a lot of people say, like, belts don't matter. I do believe that, but they do also have some meaning. So like, yeah. wearing that purple belt, you know what I mean? Like, th- that's going to be a big day for me because I've wanted that for, you know, a while. 100%. And so, do you enjoy competing more than you do like rolling and training and stuff? Like, uh, and I don't mean to put you in in that situation. No. I, I just mean like, do do you do you really love the aspect of competing? And if yeah, I do like to compete, but I don't think I love it more than training. Like, if you see me in training, like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if I'm getting like the shit kicked out of me mm-hmm. by yeah 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 exactly <laughs> yours truly um i'm still smiling like everyone's like i like that guy because he's just always smiling yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. i just i just want to be here like you know and i tried like the whole like i quit one of my jobs like now i'm working at title boxing so my whole i just train now for a living like i train boxing kickboxing in the morning i have some personal training clients only like five and then i try to like just do jujitsu and is that dedication unique to now or have you felt that in the past? Or I'm a niggling sensation. I think I'm more just like finally maturing. Mm-hmm. I'm 28 now, yeah. so you know what I mean. I've I'm start. I'm finally maturing a little mm-hmm. bit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Dude, and, I've met people <laughs> who are like 60, 70 years old. They're there, and then I've met people who are like 14, 15. They're there, yeah, and yeah. everywhere it's, in between. And yeah. it's and Everyone's not even training. like. And on some things you're there, on some things you're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, I was there like last week. This week I'm not. Yeah. It's all intermittent in that fashion. And did you all? Did you have a military in your back pocket in the sense that something that you're always considering, or was it a spur of the oh, moment? Hell no, dude. I, I fucking hated the military. I don't care if the government hears me right did now. You just know, and then like. I just I need to get, get the, the fuck out, out of yeah. my town. Yeah, you know, yeah, and that, I'm not. It's I not felt. like I'm from like a ghetto or anything. I'm from uh, suburbs. Mm-hmm. You know, there's bad drugs. Yeah. You know, every, like I know like 30 people who died from heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, you're gonna find that you, here. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're gonna Idaho. find that everywhere. You know what I mean. So it's just a matter of I just had to get out of my town and I wanted to see something new. And then like for the and now like with jujitsu, just like I just want to dump everything in the tank so that way when I'm done competing mm-hmm. at least, which probably I don't see it being done for a while especially like masters is fucking packed too yeah. so yeah. you know there's good comp- like I, I you know if i was 30 right now i'd be heading to cal and there's like 54 people in my division or something like that mm-hmm. you know what i mean so i'm gonna be competing for a while mm-hmm. um and i just really enjoy it mm-hmm. and then it's also like it does help being a personal trainer like when i have all these pictures of me either punching somebody in the face or choking somebody right mm-hmm. i'm not gonna post pictures of me like getting bow and arrow do you know yeah. so people also it attract it helps my business as well but with the person with being a personal trainer is that something you always thought you would like or are you just now figuring that out i tried it when i was 19 uh 19 or 20 but i failed because i was like an asshole when i was younger you yeah know, just a typical east coast guy um i think i knew it all but now I, you know, I got my degree and I did, the military helped me out oh, with a lot cool. of stuff. That's cool. So they gave me free school. Mm-hmm. So I can't really, you know, I, I hated being yeah, in, but I got some like, perks. You use, use yep. what they offer. Yeah. yeah. If you do it right, like I went in, like I wasn't so, and I don't like, I tell us anyone, I was some dudes like, I want to fucking die for my country. Mm-hmm. Like, no, fuck that. You know, <laughs> I want to, you know, I feel like they're going to take from me no matter what, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. I want to get everything I could. Well, so I got that GI bill, you know, mm-hmm. and I did, I didn't have money to go to college. So I fucking went in the military and did it that way yeah. you know I, I respect that especially as like the predicament that i have had myself in like i i 
I did whatever I could to get out of Idaho because, yeah. you know, I was in a situation where it was yeah. just going downhill and whatever vehicle was necessary to get me out of there. Yep. Luckily, I had family, but if it were the military, I mean, yeah. if that were an option. Yeah. Whatever you do yeah. to make that next yeah. job. Exactly. Did you ever, was there ever an allure of going down the road of like, you know, partying really hard and drugs and stuff or did that not get you? Do you mean did I do all the drugs? Did you have trouble like uh, <laughs> avoiding going down on a that, downward spiral? Really oh, I went to rehab and stuff. Yeah, you, so you did yeah, go to rehab. I went and to stuff. rehab for for coke, mm-hmm. and then I even when I got out, I started doing it again. Yeah, so I, like, I got that's another reason I went to the military because wow. like I just couldn't stay away from the partying. Like I was just that guy. Like you know, I would have a fight. I remember like my last amateur fight, mm-hmm. like two weeks before it, I was you know down at the bar doing things i shouldn't be mm-hmm. doing you know and then and i went and i won still you know that was my problem too as an oh. amateur i was never i never had a brawl or mm-hmm. like i got beat up once in a tie fight you just keep being successful yeah, yeah. well i can just keep being <laughs> like a john jones yeah. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> like i got beat up once in a tie fight but like you know i, I i'm kind of like one of those dumb I, I could take a lot of punches and stuff so i was yeah, just yeah. like yeah whatever you know i'll get him next time you know i, I probably wouldn't have ever got him <laughs> <laughs> and so being where, where you're at now um if you were to look like uh, with military and, and you know being fired up about the things that you're passionate about, um, are those behaviors or impulses gone or are they redirected? Yeah, no, I, I don't like have any desire to do drugs anymore. Even like part, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go out like now I could finally actually drink and have a good time and not black out. Yeah, like you know not drink like an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I could go have a few and then like I said, I, you know I do a yeah. lot of other things that just keep me mellowed out. Well, and, yeah. I, I you know. struggle with it because like when I was a kid, right? I used to take like muscle relaxers a lot and, yeah. and smoke weed. I overdosed when I was twelve and like I, then I got sober for four years and then uh, you know I started smoking smoking um, after that after my son was like four and um, I realized that I could redirect my, like the impulses weren't gone necessarily. I wanted excitement. I wanted something that I can obsess over, but uh, dude, I was obsessing over like relationships, uh, which made me a stepdad when I was 13, made me married when I was 17. And then I was obsessing over drugs, right? In in the wrong ways to where I was abusing all the drugs that I came into contact with. So I would be overdosing, I'd be selling. I I would be, you know, if I smoke weed, I go through like over an eighth a week. And yeah, and it was like, what are you doing? But then for a while, right, I would just uh, just get up, go to work, and then focus on being the best dad that I could. Um, However, that only goes so far um, because you know it's kind of a martyr in some fashion. So when I was doing like uh, jujitsu or when I got into MMA and stuff, I realized that these impulses are still there. I'm very obsessive, but I have things that when I am obsessive, that, that I get hypertrophy. I get skill building. I build relationships. I get closer to my son and stuff like that. So it's like as if they were redirected. And I struggle because I have a lot of people who are around me, family and friends. And some of them are, have very difficult time pulling themselves up. And some, like my dad, he's uh, in his fifties and he's been a tweaker for most of his life. And it's like, and even younger people. And I'm like, whoa. There's always, you know, you're always going to do jujitsu with me or like yeah, running, but I don't, I don't have any answers. Like yeah. that's hard. But then I look at people like that and it's like, I, I see 
you know, even like you, right? You, you do jujitsu and you're like, oh no, it's, it's just jujitsu now. Like I see that even in alcoholism where it's like, I yeah. drink and it's drinking now, yeah. but yeah, but it's yeah. different. Cause obviously you can drink now and you, you don't go blackout drunk, yeah. but it's just something that I, yeah, I geek out about. Directing. Mm-hmm. Also, you just—it's easy when you like. Like I just like jujitsu. Like it's just mm-hmm. fun. There's more longevity in it yeah. than compared to MMA. And there's actually like, there'll never be. I don't know. I shouldn't say never, but I don't mm-hmm. think there's gonna be a ton of money in like MMA. Yeah. There's some cash prizes now. Oh, like yeah. you could win. You know, thousand. I, I just saw like World Series of Jiu-Jitsu or something. Like mm-hmm. they have like ten thousand uh, dollar tournaments mm-hmm. and stuff. Like yeah. sub one forty. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like. But the crazy thing is, I'm actually, uh, I'm really liking like. Tonight, I actually, in my head, while I think I was rolling one of you, I was mm-hmm. like, I like gi more than I like no gi right now. <laughs> yeah. Because there's just a shift, and it's, I'm just yeah. having fun. Have you mm-hmm. ever had it go back and forth? Because when I first started, I was all about no gi, and then I went strictly to gi, and then now it's, like, I'm training in the gi. I train in the gi more no gi, but I really like no gi more, but I, yeah. because of that, I almost am sticking to almost strictly gi to make sure I don't, like, lose that. It's just, I think it's just a matter of, like, what you're going to do as well. Like, right now, a lot of people like the no-gi because of this fucking footlock craze, you know? And I play legs, you know, I'm not very good at it, but I have fun playing it. But I'm mostly, now I figured out I'm good at getting on legs to get sweeps in the gi and stuff like that. So that's what I'm really using legs for and, like, straight ankles and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm kind of, I don't, you know, obviously you have to know leg lines if you want to do that sub only, but, like... Yeah. It just depends where you want to go. I see myself probably going more towards IBJJF, like point, you know, stuff yeah, like right. that. And like, there's, they have tournaments that are making some little bit of cash in that too. So, but that's not really even it for me. It's just training. Like, yeah. uh, Joe Rogan said something. The like, I was watching one of his podcasts, and he's like, you could have a shitty day or something, but like, jujitsu could teach you like real lessons. You get through like getting through to like tonight, mm-hmm. you know, and last night, like, you know, Tuesday through Thursday here are fucking a grind yeah. it's competition night pretty much every, yeah. you know getting through that yeah exactly it's a it's a win getting through class but it shows you like oh shit you know i didn't want to do so like i think i had like vinayak and you guys both rolled him he's fucking good he gives me hard rounds oh, yeah. and then i had him like and Cindy put me with him the last round i was like i forget what day it was i was like <laughs> god damn it you know what i mean but i got it through and then i felt really good and then that match um my last match um, when I won the Rev Advanced Division against Hunter. Yeah. I I had to dig really deep for that. I was so floored because I had four gi matches. He and he was my seventh match of the day. Yeah. And my arms were just like that was my first gi competition, so my arms were <laughs> fucked. And that taught me too, like you di- you know I was proud of myself. You know, yeah. just for digging deep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And when I was uh, doing a lot of strength training before I started jujitsu, like uh, I followed this like YouTube guru. Um, well, you're into strength training as well, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Elliot Hulse. Right? I know Elliot. Yeah. yeah right? Not personally, but I know who he is. Yeah. yeah. So so one of his biggest things before he went like all yoga. Uh, it's just like you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable and the days you mm-hmm. don't want to train are the days you should be there the most yep. Yep. and I've found that too I like uh, when I first when I was first getting into it, I think I was like two stripes right I went I said I don't want to go there I was even it's like this may be the first day I actually just skip it for the sake of skipping it yeah I went there and the like impressing my coach, I got my third strike that night. It's like yeah, that's how it is. It's like the <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. It's like I always get the most out of the days where I don't want to go there. Be there. I have yep. the best rounds and have the most yeah. fun. 
I just always want to be here. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, there's days I don't want to be here. Like a train. Mm-hmm. Not a train. Mm-hmm. But, but, but well, I'm from I'm from the East Coast. I like that hot uh, heat. Dude. This like, but it just you know I just like being this made this uh, atmosphere is very like this would be the I tell my wife every day the only thing I'm gonna fucking miss about Washington besides the hikes is Gracie Baja. Yeah. And like there are Gracie Bajas in. Um, where I'm going in Fort Lauderdale, um, but that's not till 2020. So, if you could think of at least one way, how has jujitsu impacted your personal lives? For me, honestly, like um, I don't know. It kind of like jujitsu. It's also like I have some inner like battles with like jujitsu is also like it's kind of redemption for me. Like I was, I could have been a really really good wrestler. But I did things that, you know, I, I could make a million fucking excuses. It doesn't matter. It's done with the universe. doesn't give a fuck, right? Mm-hmm. So here's my redemption. Now I'm going to be, I'm going to try to get the best I can at jiu-jitsu without putting any, like, expectations, you know. But, like, in my mind, and Cindy knows, you know, I've told her, I want to win worlds. I want to be a world champion at the adult masters. Like, I don't give a shit, you know. Belt, every belt I'm at, I want to stay there until I fucking win worlds, you know. Like, so this is my redemption. And then, however, you know, all the way up till black, until I do that. That I'm competing until I win worlds in every single belt. Mm-hmm. I'll be competing. This cool. is redemption. If I never do it, at least when I'm fucking 60, I could say I I tried. <laughs> yeah. And my fucking exactly. ears and yeah. face will be so ugly, you know. <laughs> so maybe not, I'll be looking like a little hobbit or something. I don't know, dude. But that's kind of that's for me. Like it's I do love it, yeah. and it's just like um, I'm very. I need a goal. Mm-hmm. So when I can't do jiu-jitsu one day, I'll probably get into something like triathlons or biking mm-hmm. or something. I need I need something to train for. I'm just one of those people. Yeah, I'm angsty, and I've always like you know wondered outside of uh, having a job. I'm just like, what is the purpose of all this to get you know depressed and stuff like that? And I'm like, well, it's interesting how a pursuit right just gives you a sense of purpose and meaning. Yeah. And even if it's training for you know a personal goal, not even especially yeah. when it's that, and especially when there's community involved. Totally. Yeah. So, now it's your turn. I think. <laughs> What's the question again? Uh, personal. How did jujitsu change my life yes. personally? Um. Well, I think jujitsu. You know, people say like, "Oh, jujitsu changed my, my everyone's life." Mm-hmm. You know, you hear that. I like old jokes. Sometimes I'm like, sometimes like, maybe it changed it for the worse. <laughs> you know. I, but it's like I, you know, it can't all be good. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. like sometimes it's like a little like invalidating to just hear all the good sides. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that in like, but it's like. No, jujitsu was really hard for me, mm-hmm. but it was really good. I think, uh, you know, I actually just think it like, I still learn a lot of things. Every single day I'm mm-hmm. learning something from jujitsu. Um, you know, like showing up for people. I didn't really understand that. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of things, just like basic yeah. human interaction, I don't fully think I understood. Like, oh, how do you be a good teammate? How do you be like a good person like this? How do you mm-hmm. be a good coach? How do you just be a good friend? All of these things that, like, I thought I knew how to do it. And then it's like, mm-hmm. no, you can be better at it. Mm-hmm. And I think jujitsu shows that. And then it's like just being, like, more efficient, more elegant with things. I think, mm-hmm. like, the best jujitsu is, like, the most simplistic, like, beautiful jujitsu. You know, when I first yeah. learned jujitsu, I wanted to learn all these moves. And now I, like, man, fuck all that gripping. You don't need <laughs> that gripping. You need to have this kind of stuff. And, you know, I believe, like... You get all the fancy shit, and then you start to strip it back down mm. and kind of, like, learning those lessons in jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. The biggest lesson I think that I've learned in jiu-jitsu, I read it in some books, too, and I'm like, that's in those fucking books I read. <laughs> it's like, you know, you hear me, it's like, if you want something, you usually need to go the opposite direction. And I believe oh. that that's true in jiu-jitsu. Um, um, like, 
getting grips, doing pressure. It's this like you need to move backwards to get forward. Mm -hmm. And it's like the notion of that, you know, I said I'm not good at business and like my new goal is like to be good at business and it's like be good at like negotiating. Don't just like hit someone over the head with a hammer and tell them you hate them. You know, and that's like my style. Like how do I survive in the room? I'm going to tell you I fucking hate you. And it's like, well, that's not jujitsu. That's like maybe wrestling or something. You know what I mean? Like it's like, no, you need to like be a little more compassionate about things and like, well, maybe if I want this, maybe I need to be a little slicker mm. or, the, you know, a little yeah. of this, you know, mm-hmm. jujitsu. I'm not just like run up and hit them. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's like now my biggest lesson. That's the thing I've learned too, is you just can't endure everything or, uh, use your strength to get through a flexibility. Yeah, like no. And that's everything. And even in life, Working know, harder is never the answer. No. Yeah. It's not. Trying harder? Mm-hmm. No. No. I shouldn't work. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. I even had that tonight with you, with lifting up the elbow up and over with the cross. Uh, the worst show. thing that I've done lately, I was like so embarrassed. I did this, but I'm like, that's that thing that I yell at everyone. Like, stop <laughs> fucking trying so hard. Yeah. I got this new car and it got some sap on it. <laughs> and I didn't like know about how to wash a car, I guess. I learned in retrospect. <laughs> but I was like, having a really bad day and I was like I just want to be productive in one thing I'm gonna go wash my car mm-hmm. had all this sap on it and I got like a kitchen sponge and like <laughs> like that like <laughs> all over the whole car like literally the whole fucking car every panel of the car and then it dried and there were like hand sized like like I they're like wow you like trying the clear cut off of that and I'm like yeah I was like trying really fucking hard right and then I was telling someone I was like that's that thing that I tell everyone. <laughs> and that's like a life lesson, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you just can't try that hard. It was like fighting that bone and pulling on the lapel. I just yeah. made it tighter and I was like... Just make it worse. I was like, oh, that's exactly what I tell the kids not to do. Yeah, All right. on relax. Yeah. Uh, also, closing, um, yeah. if what is a common beginner mistake that you see new jiu-jitsu players make? Trying too hard. Trying too hard. Always. Yes. You see the person like, shake it, anything. The, the beginner like, oh, I'm just fucking going to do this so good. The number like, one thing I hear yelled is, breathe. Yeah. Breathe. Yeah. Relax. Relax. <laughs> you should be quivering. Yeah. You're doing it. <laughs> And so, um, if anybody would like to support you guys or find you on uh, social media, I know you got a new business that's going right now. Where can they find out about your business? Yeah, so just in, the best place would be Instagram, mm-hmm. just at Ant Craparo, A N T C R A P A R O. And I'll leave that in the show notes too. Yeah, and it's the business is called it's the Green Team Health and Fitness. Ooh. No one has to get freaked out. It's not all about vegan and stuff. It just mm-hmm. you know. There's there's a backstory, but that could be another time. So if they want to just check it out, just my Instagram would be the best best way to see. And then you can see all jujitsu and hiking pictures, too. Yeah, I love those hiking pictures, too. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. He's got a good one. Yeah. And then where can they find you, Cindy? Um, they can find me at uh, Sleeper96, uh, at Sleeper96, I guess, on uh, Instagram or Facebook, Cindy Hales, I think, or at Gracie Baja Kirkland. Um, yeah. And or, stop. Or, or just Google Cindy Hale. Yeah. 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 I did that too. Yeah. yeah. And stop. Don't Google me. Stop. You'll just see Owen yeah. 2 pro me. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys. I, yeah. I really appreciate yeah. it. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye.